Hello and welcome to episode number two of the Forerunners.ab podcast. You're here with Alice and Lissy. We're taking a bit of a deep dive back in time to the COVID era and we're going to touch on that topic just because it has had such a huge impact on running Pilates and life in general. But first of all, I'm going to start with some quick fire questions. Alice, first up, right. title loose shorts. Loose shorts. Favourite place in Australia to holiday? I say that actually just going back there, I'm wearing the tightest, most fitted, tiniest pair of pink Lululemon shorts as we currently speak here. So the only thing that wasn't in the wash. (laughs) To be honest, okay, so yeah, to be honest, I'm in these shorts so much, I'd say loose as comfort. Anyway, as you were, sorry. As I was, favourite place in Australia to holiday? Byron Bay, hands down. Scariest piece of gymnastics equipment to use? I'm going to say bars. So many scars from the bars in my life, metaphorically, literally. I feel like they're all pretty terrifying in my opinion. Finish the sentence. My sandwich isn't complete without. Pickles. Crucial. And specifically, they've got to be sweet dill pickles, not just any kind of pickles. Like I have... Sandwich pickles? Sandwich pickles are okay. Like, I mean, you know, shape-wise, they're perfect for a sandwich, obviously. But in fact, the flavor is not as good as just your standard. Okay. Okay. Thanks very much for that. Anyway, last question. Favorite plant? Favorite plant? Well, I'd say a jacaranda tree, but that's a plant, obviously a house plant-wise. I'm going to say a monstera because they just don't seem to die. That's true. Really hard. Some of the other ones that we have are pretty hard to keep alive. Pointing my finger at the peace lily. So unpeaceful. All right, Liz, quick fire round. Question number one long run or K reps? Long run. Because you like to do it with people, right? Yeah. It's really social. All right, number two, you're on a desert island and you have the choice of which of these two beverages to live on. No water, right? A Slurpee, multi flavoured. There's cola and there's raspberry in there, just so you know. Also, the other option is an Aldi instant coffee on tap. 24-7. 24-7. Tough decision. I'm going to 100% say Slurpee. Uh, all right. Question three. If you have to choose A, a pre-run activation or B, a post-run mobility, what's your go-to? Pre-run activation. For sure. Makes your run feel so good. Yep. Um, true or false? You've forgotten your race shoes at a race you've been at before. It's true. And I would like to say that it was only once, but it's definitely been on several occasions. Just to be clear, did you forget the shoes or did you just leave one shoe at home? Probably a combination. I reckon the one that really springs to mind. Hang on, there's multiple. Okay, we need to dive into this. How did you lose one shoe? Okay, well, I didn't lose one shoe. I lost them both and I left them. So it was when the Commonwealth Games were in Melbourne and they had the state championships in the MCG on the actual track that they were competing on. And I was like a teenager, so competed in the heat of the 1500 and didn't expect to make it to the final. And then had a really great run, massive PB, made it into the final and got so excited I left my shoes at the stadium. And then had to come back the next day and I was like, I don't have any shoes to wear. Did find them in the lost and found section. Thankfully, someone handed them in. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit nerve wracking turning up to a state 1500 meter final with um, no spikes. No spikes, just your like your clumpy joggers. Fantastic. <laughs> That's so good. All right. Number five, live in concert. Are you going to see Alex Leahy or Harry Styles? Oh no, this is really, you have to answer quick five. Don't think about it. Just Alex about. Leahy. There we go. You can get nice and close. I think Harry Styles arena would be too big. That's pretty much too much security. You can't get on stage there. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Into the meat of the session. So first of all, I want to ask you, Alice, so um, from the perspective of being a physio and a Melbourneite, how how was the impact of COVID on you in general? Okay, so particularly as a Melbourneite, it was savage. And as a physio, being a very tactile industry, it was also quite brutal. I mean, I guess I was really grateful for the fact that I was actually counted as sort of frontline to a degree. So we were able to work, but it was super strict. So people weren't really wanting to be seen because you had to touch them, they had to be in contact. So it pretty much dried up 
at least probably 50, 60% in terms of one-to-one physio sessions. And also the Pilates sessions also dried up because you couldn't do group sessions. Um, you couldn't be seen to be more than sort of one-on-one. So, I mean, the whole thing work-wise was a bit of a shambles, but also life-wise was incredibly isolating. So I was here by myself at home, arguably maybe easier than having like three kids homeschooling and working, et cetera. But yeah, it did have its challenges. So I would say the best thing to come out of it was my Pilates, of course, and the community I made. And that was actually, well, that's a great segue to my next question. What are silver linings, if any, that did come out of the COVID period? Actually, that is a really good one. So number one, obviously, meeting you, Liz, during lockdown was pretty awesome. So (laughs) that's all right. Um, But yeah, the online Pilates business now um, in app form is something that I would have never have dreamed of. So Pilates started out during COVID because we had to do everything from home. And it was one of those things that I was going to keep as a side hustle and continue with as long as we needed and then go back to being on the tools one-to-one. However, it grew and the community itself was so wonderful that I was like, this actually can be a thing. I feel like I'm helping people more being preventative with Pilates than I am being reactive with physio. So, you know, you just get in the people that have come to you sort of, you know, they're a bit sore, they're broken, their tenor's broken down, but and, and it is quite tough sort of always seeing that end of it. Whereas if you can get on the front foot and get people doing Pilates, um, it does make such an impact. So, you know, people say, do you miss that sort of helping people aspect? And I think it actually still does. And um, I've made some awesome friends out of it. I think a lot of people notice when they're doing Pilates consistently, they notice massive improvements in just their, how they feel in everyday life. Yeah, I get some awesome messages saying, you know, hey, Alice, it's been a year since I've had any sort of niggle and that's been like the longest streak I've had. And it, it just sort of made me reflect. And I think it's because I'm just doing all this conditioning and, you know, not everyone will actually think, you know, retrospectively and, you know, put two and two together. But ultimately that's, yeah, that's the, the goal. The main thing that they have actually changed is doing regularly Pilates sessions. Mm, mm, absolutely. And then from a pro runner perspective from COVID, you have a completely different story. Like mine is quite dark and grim, whereas yours is totally different. So tell us about exactly what happened with you and COVID. So when COVID first hit, I was actually in America because I just moved to uh, an American coach and was planning to, like, I, got, I organized a visa. I was planning to move to America for uh, a while in the preparation for the Tokyo Olympics. However, when COVID hit, it was, you know, I was faced with a really big decision to make, you know, do I move back to Australia? Do I go back to Japan where I was offered a professional running contract for a corporate company over there, or do I stay in America? And it was a really tough decision to make because I could either come home to Australia, but my job as a pottery teacher at the time wasn't going to be available because everything had been shut down because of all the lockdowns. If I was in America, there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding whether I would ever be able to leave or whether I'd get stuck there because I know uh, it was becoming really rife in America and a lot of countries were starting to close their borders to the US. Um, or then if I went to Japan, I knew I'd be secured a contract and so I'd be able to earn an income and probably run freely there because I would be quite looked after by the Japanese company that I was working for or employed by. So I ended up choosing to go to Japan because it felt like the right thing to do at the time and it was a totally different experience to I think what most Melbournians would have experienced because we didn't really have a lockdown. So Shiseido, the company that I was employed by, had about 8,000 employees and they recommended for them to stay home and work from home but the Japanese government can't actually force any type of lockdown. They can encourage it and they can offer financial incentives to businesses but they can't actually you know make them stay home. So everything was open. The whole of COVID um, 
there would be shops and supermarkets and shopping centers, cafe, everything was, everything was open. And it was crazy because the Japanese people, they didn't realize what was going on in the world. It was only that I had access to, I guess, world news that I, I realized that like there's this thing going on and Japan seemed to just be completely separate from it somehow. Gosh, that's so wild to think of because I feel like we were whole, wholeheartedly fixated on the numbers and the world news. That's all we saw here. It was just like constant doom, gloom, numbers. Like there was so much fear and angst and yeah, it was just completely the opposite. It was really interesting actually experiencing, I was in America as it was unfolding and hearing Donald Trump, who was president at the time, and he was saying, everything's fine. You know, it's not really a big deal. This is all going to blow over. So that's what I was seeing on the daily news in America. But then I would go on to the Australian news and hear a completely different story that, you know, be careful, everything's unfolding and countries are going to start closing their borders. And so it was really interesting having like both perspectives. Um, the Americans just didn't really see what was going on because it was quite hidden from them, I think. Wild. And was that overall a positive experience for you, arriving in Japan and then sort of starting afresh there? You hadn't actually planned on being there for another year, but that sort of unfolded. It was really disappointing for me to leave the American group that I had joined in with. It was such a fantastic, inclusive group, and I was really sort of finding my groove there. So which group? It was the team boss. So Joe Bosshart is the coach and all of all of that crew were just so welcoming and, you know, so generous and it was just a really great environment to be in. So it was it was pretty disappointing for me to have to leave, but it just wasn't really feasible for me to be able to stay there. And then going back to Japan, I think certainly had its challenges because no one there was able to speak English. So the language barrier was was huge and then I was obviously stuck in Japan because I couldn't, like, once I got there, that was it until sort of COVID ended or until countries started opening their borders. It was certainly challenging, but at the same time, like, I did have a lot more freedom than if I was in another country because our company kept moving us around to different locations in Japan that we could, you know, be able to train freely and have access to running tracks and all that. Whereas I think in most countries in the world, it wasn't possible. So fortunate in that way. Yeah, so you were in like a little running bubble. So you could kind of team yourself. You actually never got COVID when you were overseas, did you? So you managed to sort of train well and, you know, circumnavigate the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And like they were, they were pretty strict on us, like our particular team. Like we were only supposed to leave the hotel that we're staying at for training purposes. So it was pretty controlled and we, we had, you know, all our meals provided and everything that we needed was there. So couldn't complain in that way, that's for sure. Tip of no prawns. Definitely. No prawns. Anaphylaxis. Well, I've discovered that I was anaphylactic to shellfish. I learnt the hard way, unfortunately. It's so devastating. Yeah, we still avoid that now. What would you say a positive habit has come out of COVID as a whole? If there was one thing that you found that you did in COVID or you started to use in COVID that you're still doing now, is there anything you can think of? Well, first of all, I would definitely say like the pre-run activation and the post-run mobility. Having more time and being home encouraged me to get started on doing all that kind of stuff. So I, and obviously I learned how beneficial it was. And so continuing that has been really helpful. And then of course, in my hotel quarantine, signing up to AB Pilates. <laughs> so and then, um, yeah, and then meeting you and discovering how awesome Pilates actually is for your everyday life and how you're feeling, as well as my running. How about you, Alice? What's a positive habit that you formed during COVID and now you keep it up? I don't know if it's positive or not, but I did become a bit of a cocktail connoisseur thanks to Jack Foley, who was a Pilates member that was providing us with cocktail recipes 
to use every single week. And I'm sure they were getting stronger and stronger, or I was just getting more liberal with my sort of gin usage just as times got quite dark. But interestingly, that sort of social cocktail did come of use both in the classes. So now every single week we have a class which involves sip breaks. You could bring a cocktail, a wine, a beer, even a cup of tea, whatever you like. And that class is still one of the most popular on the platform to do live. It's quite social. And also Jack's actually released a cocktail book with all the Pilates-based cocktails, which is fantastic. That is actually awesome. And also one thing I will add to that as well, I think maybe not a positive habit, but certainly a silver lining is the community that has come about through your online Pilates. Some of my closest friends now to this day, genuinely people I met during COVID and through Pilates, obviously yourself included. So yeah, like it's changed so much for me. And as dark as it was, like I would definitely not, I wouldn't do it again, but I don't regret it. Not for one second. And what about any triggers that you may have held on to post-COVID? You know, what are you happy to let go? So many triggers for me to be honest it's a really small few things so even listening to music such as the national i love the national when i hear the national i actually really struggle it's like ptsd or even things like the taste of a negroni had way too many negronis in lockdown um even baths i was like wasting a lot of time just having baths all the time like now i'm like yuck i just couldn't so there's a few things that are quite triggering and also just doing all my run sessions and any sort of training just completely solo it is nice even though a lot of it I do now is solo, but it's nice to have the option to like jump in with a group or with some friends. What about you in terms of triggers from COVID? Have you got any that are still lingering? I mean, to be honest, not really, because I didn't have a lockdown like you guys did. Um, Being overseas, I guess something that I really like to do now is making sure that I'm running with people that, yeah. Such a social animal. You just love it. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite thing about running is the actual social component to it. So it was really hard, I guess, being uh, in Japan where no one was able to speak English to me, but also we weren't actually allowed to talk during training or during running at all. Yeah, single file running. Single file, yeah, yeah, yeah. No talking, no smiling, no laughing, that's for sure. I definitely got in trouble for that a couple of times, but quickly learned my lesson when I was put back into line. (laughs) Do you have to change positions on the line of things? Or did you have like a set spot? No, I think you just had a set spot, I think. Typically, any rules. I would have been a hot mess. That's like such a real testament to your character, though, that you could actually put up with all those rules and just get it done. But it is good for you, though, in certain ways. So there's a Japanese phrase called gaman, which it's sort of it's a combination of things: patience and just kind of enduring it, enduring whatever you're doing. So like you know, not being impatient, just turning up and footstep after footstep. So being in single file, it probably would be much more interesting if the leader changed. But you just stay in your spot and just persevere. Gamu. Gammon. Gammon. Mm. Right. Yeah, it's such a different sort of culture, isn't it? Also come up. Yeah. So that's our Japanese word that we're learning for the day. Stay tuned um. for the next one. <laughs> um, so, Al, with the rise of running, what have you noticed? Yeah, so through COVID, there was so many people out running. It was literally the only thing we could do. In Melbourne, the whole place was just teeming with runners. People that have never run before, people that have been running forever, but are just doing more of it. It was literally the one of the only things we could do, especially because a large portion of COVID was in winter and all the pools were closed so that all the, the water people that would normally be ocean-based or swim-based, they were running. The cyclists couldn't cycle for very long. We only had an hour to exercise. And to ride for an hour, a lot of cyclists are like, it's not worth it. So literally every single athletic person was wanting to run. And with that just came an absolute huge increase in injuries. And if I had to say the top three from COVID, number one would be hands down runner's knee. So patella tracking issues with the front of the kneecap. That was just sort of every second person. The second one that was rifle shin splints. 
So I think a lot of people just on the pavement, um, people that hadn't been used to the impact or just doing more mileage, shin splints. I wonder as well if it had something to do with the footwear. You know, people, they, they just jumped into running and then the, they just pulled out their whatever old running shoes that they had. 90s Reeboks. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. Like shin splints um, is such a huge area even now, but in COVID lockdown times, that was something that every second person had sort of medial tibial stress syndrome and anterior lower limb pain. Um, in general. And the third one I would have to say would be probably a tie between plantar fascia and Achilles, quite similar sort of vibes in terms of chronic sort of tendon overuse, lower limb, impact related, load related, lack of strength related, those sorts of things. And I just felt like it was, I was on a treadmill of just injury cycles of clients coming to me. And then, you know, and that's sort of part of the why I think Pilates became quite a staple for people. Not only was it strength, it was community, but also the sessions became quite hard. So if you needed your endorphin kick, you could actually get that from a Pilates session. And I know sometimes Pilates can be seen as quite slow and quite clinical and very basic and it can be, but my sessions became quite dynamic for to target that endurance community that really needed to move when we couldn't. Um, so yeah, it has petered down now. I feel like the injury management sort of thing has stabilized a bit, but certainly they're probably still the top three injuries I see these days. Yeah, that's really interesting. And what I've noticed as well is the community groups. So compared to, because obviously I was in Japan for two years and so coming back and seeing how many different community running groups there are. And I would say, I think initially there was a lot of people probably just running by themselves. And then lots of people have started up at all these different run groups. So what I think has been really impressive and something that I have observed uh, since coming back is that there are so many community groups, but they're not all isolated. They're kind of integrating with one another. So it seems like a quite a collaborative community, I guess, in Melbourne. Lots of different groups, but they're also integrating with one another. Yeah, it's so many different groups out there. Literally, Saturday or Sunday, you go out and there's just like packs of run groups, like doing their, um, thankfully, like their pre-run warm-ups and they're doing their different pace run sessions all around the tan. It's actually brilliant to see. And we've jumped in with quite a few, haven't we? So many. I feel like we've kind of almost um, village bicycled our way around all the different groups oh, around the area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All. They're, they're always so inclusive. And yeah. everyone always like, loves to have a, a chat afterwards and a coffee. And yeah, we went to a few Christmas parties. We hadn't even been to the run group. Yeah. A whole lot of Christmas parties happening down the tan as well. But actually, we're just like, yeah, come and have a beer. It was great. Yeah, super welcoming. <laughs> I don't to belong here, but hey, cheers. Highly recommend. And what I also thought was really cool is that there's so many that are just about running and just turning up and community. There are some that do like, for example, K reps or mm. sessions. But what I thought was really cool is that there's a variety of different paces and most of them are just about turning up. And getting it done. Yeah. So great. Um, all right. Well, we shall leave it there for the COVID chat. I feel like we can put that one to bed. It's good to get the background, particularly on Japan, and send us in any questions or any topics that you want to hear about, and we'll focus on it next week. See you later. Bye.